0: Hey guys, it's Eric. You're not sure if you love him, but you wanna save the planet
1: and action. Hey everyone, this is Joe. You're doing great. You're gonna be a star.
0: Kit Ramsey is the biggest action star in Hollywood just as fast as you get time Bobby Bowfinger is a small time producer you bring me Kit Ramsey and you got yourself a go picture Bobby needs Kit it scripts his butter what this stuff is butter it's all good it's jiggy baby Kit doesn't need Bobby <laughs> But when you can't get Hollywood's biggest star, we'll round up some lookalikes. You have to improvise. Would you be willing to show your naked rear end in a movie? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Now, you are gonna run from over there to over here. Doesn't it seem a little dangerous, though? <laughs> no, no, no. The con is on. Ah, Eddie Murphy, and Heather Graham. This is one of the hot scenes, because in this scene, Daisy's going to take off her blouse. From the producer of the Nutty Professor, <laughs> finger. You're going to be a star. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe?
1: Eric, lots to talk about, a lot of some movies to talk about, and lots of games to talk about. So,
0: oh, all right, this is, a, this right. is gonna be
1: this is gonna be a pretty exciting catch-up here. So,
0: all right, good, good, <laughs> yeah. We've been we've been um we've missed a couple. This won't translate to when you people listen to it because we kind of just release them. We have a few banked up, but we've been we've missed a few recording days just because life. Life. Oh, sorry, my dogs. My wife is going to a, a fitness. Like outdoor class, and uh apparently it got canceled because of the rain. So, um but yeah. So what? What do you as far as movies and All right, TV so shows? I,
1: I know games you don't care. You don't care about. So I'll start with the movies. I I did see. We talked about it last time. I finally saw the Kings of Sand Island. I
0: haven't Staten seen it yet, Island. but was it good?
1: It was good. I I thought like a little more than I than I ended up liking it. It was it was really good, but not. The trailer sold me like it was gonna be like this breaking of age story, and it was still. But I kind of wish. We can talk about it after, but I wish Bill Burr got more screen time than he actually. than the trailer show leaves him off. Really? To be. Yeah. Okay. So like he was, he was the best part, and he also didn't get as much screen time, which is disappointing. But I did see a really good movie that totally came out of nowhere called Seventy Five Hundred with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Have you heard of that? No. Do you have Prime? Amazon Prime? Yes. It's on Prime, and it the entire film takes place in the cockpit of the airplane as it's getting hijacked. and it's gordon levitt's best performance it is he's incredible in it
0: really i wonder why i haven't heard of it unless it's just a prime
1: it really did just come out of nowhere like i don't really hear about it either until i saw him post about on social media and i watched the trailer for it and i'm like man like it the trailer sold me and then it's been getting great reviews so yeah it was again it's like if films can keep your interest for an hour and a half in one location it's just like it's so good
0: right that's um not quite one location like not not that confined but uh, a movie that makes me think of that kind of similar thing is um is dunkirk like for war movies there's little to no action in dunkirk compared to other war movies but the whole movie i was like like tense and and whatever and there's nothing really going on like if you compare it to like i said most war movies where there's bombs going off the whole time or whatever but the anticipation in dunkirk kills you
1: oh yeah and it's like what like probably like the dialogue in that movie. It's just like, yeah. it's not a love it's almost like a sound film in, in a way. It's just like, it's yes, the tension is all, it's so good. And that between like the music and like the sound <laughs> effect buildups. Um, but also, before you tell I me mean, yours, I'm, I'm gonna hog this for a second because I was, yeah, no, please. The Last of Us Part Two, man. I talked about with you a little bit too about the beer, but yeah. that game came out on Friday. and Did you get the beer by the way? No, it's they had they had it but not that specific one the space whatever it was if it was called so i have to find out where i get that specific okay. one i'll
0: check it out when i go to craft uh craft beer cellar which real quick before you get back into it today i i didn't i didn't even know what to look for for a movie that lines up with what we're watching today which we'll go over in a second so i'm drinking uh what has become probably it might be better than it's right there with solar plexus from the tap uh flume double ipa from battery steel brewing in portland which i a million people told me how good it was and i was like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 so good so refreshing so whatever is but it so
1: is it is, it is it stout or is it no it's double ipa so the oh, ipa okay
0: it's like super refreshing super like if it's like a million degrees out it's like the best it's so it's so nice but sorry yeah uh,
1: no, no i'm a little nervous like i'm not a big fan of stouts but the one i was showing you about is a stout so i'm like i'm buying it for the can at this point the last of us can <laughs> so. yeah
0: you know, wait you know i thought you i thought you like stouts you i know? do like
1: I, I do like stouts but you have to be in them i'd be in the mood for a stout it's probably my well, it's go-to tough. but it's heavy it's a heavy beer so i have to be like kind of like i have to be ready for it
0: well plus it's tough like during the summer like i love stouts but when it's like 95 degrees out right you don't really have the same
1: right it's not, as, it's not as refreshing
0: <laughs> right right
1: right uh, but no the last of us though so this game first one came out seven years ago it might be the closest thing to a award-winning film i've ever seen as a game the acting the for the performances it's it's emotional it has it's comedy it's man it was like a rollercoaster of for emotions <laughs> it was we've like celebrities talking about it now like on twitter and social media like they're getting involved with it there's an HBO series that, says, that just got greenlit with the creator of Chernobyl. If you, I'm not sure if you've seen that. He's I haven't this. seen it, but I'm, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing the series with the game developer, and it might be the most mature game I've ever played. Nice. And yeah, it's like it's one of those things that lingers with you. I beat it on Sunday, and it's just I'm still thinking about certain scenes in that game. It's just like it's super impactful. If you were a gamer, Eric, I would recommend this is the game. This is a game you go into. This series you go into. So this, this would be the one that the, the thing that catches you. I think.
0: Hey, do you think it's better than MLB Twenty? I'm gonna mute you right now. I'm <laughs> mute Eric. Gamer life. Um,
1: so what have you been up to?
0: I haven't watched um, a ton of. Uh, so well, I guess before, the most important thing is. So I think I think he's come up on the podcast before, but. Um, David Chang he's a a chef and he also has a Netflix series and he has a podcast and I listened I listened to a couple episodes of his podcast I really like it because it's he's a he's a chef and a lot of his guests are obviously like tied to that like there are other other world-class chefs or whatever. But the podcast is kind of just him talking to people. So it's not, sometimes it's not much about foods. So anyway, he had um, one that I, especially for movie podcast fans. So let me get, it's, I think it's just called the Dave Chang podcast. It's on the ringer network with like Bill Simmons. So um, yeah, the Dave Chang show. Sorry. So okay. he, so he has a a, a podcast episode um, completely dedicated to uh, how bad that movie uh, Burnt with Bradley Cooper is? The movie where he's like a, a chef. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I like Burnt, yeah. You liked it? I th- is that the movie with, oh, uh, huh? is that the movie that was, um... oh, no, I'm thinking of the Aaron Sanford the guy from um, Batman. No reservations I'm thinking of, no reservations. Okay. Never mind, okay. I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't seen Burnt.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, I haven't seen Burnt either, and I, I had no interest in seeing it just because it didn't look great to me. But he, uh, Dave Chang, did a whole episode of his podcast, which normally isn't a movie podcast, talking about how, like, he can't talk about that movie for three minutes without getting upset. Like, he gets so mad because. Is it not on accurate? Top, yeah, yeah. Like, he views it like I don't think that movie did well and got reviewed well anyway. But then he has a whole bunch of of other things where it bothers him because, as a chef, he's like, that would never happen. Like, that's not how life is. That's not how whatever. So
1: real quick, I'm trying to memory here of what burn.
0: Yeah. So, so, uh, but, but besides that, I've been listening to Dave Chang's podcast a lot um, because he just, he's really, he's a really smart guy and he can talk about a lot of different topics and he's very introspective and, and, and he'll look at himself and kind of reevaluate how he does things. And he kind of does it on air and it's, and that's probably why he's so, he's reached the level that he has because he's always questioning himself. So that's really good. Um, and then last thing that I have talked about is as I've been saying the past few episodes, I've been watching Peaky Blinders, got to season four out of five and, uh, I texted you this, but Adrian Brody, who I don't have, I don't have like any feeling about Adrian Brody because I, I wasn't like, I know he was like, he got an award for the pianist and he was in other movies like King Kong and stuff, but I'm kind of, <clears throat> I'm kind of indifferent on him uh, <clears throat> as far as Adrian Brody goes, but he won an Academy Award. So I thought, you know, he's a pretty good actor and he probably is a pretty good actor, but he is so bad in the Peaky Blinders. He's doing, he plays this like American gangster. And if, you, if anyone's listening to this and they can explain to me how I'm wrong, message us worth late fee on Instagram and, and feel free to tell me that I'm stupid and I don't get it. And I'll I'll hear you out, but he plays this American gangster who goes over to Italian gangster who goes over to England to deal with uh, the Peaky Blinders, British gangsters, and he's like, it sounds like me doing a Marlon Brando impression. The whole time he's like, I ain't got a problem with you, and you got a problem with me. And he's got like a he always has either like a toothpick or a match in his teeth, and I'm like, is this a joke? Like, are you doing the an exaggerated stereotype of like an early 1900s gangster but this the season's good enough that I it was able I I got past it that season. I'm on the fifth season now hasn't really grabbed me yet but whatever. Is this, so
1: is this got canceled or did it get closure? <laughs>
0: uh I think no, I think I saw that they've they're going to do a sixth season but I don't I think it's a ways away. So, I don't know. So that's it. I haven't really been watching much more of that watching, obviously slowly trying to slowly pace ourselves through the new season of Queer Eye. Cause I love that show. Yeah, but it, kills, it kills me that they come out with like 10 episodes and then, you know, la- like the last time they did it, Bre- my wife and I watched all 10 episodes within like a long weekend or something. And then we were like, crap, now we have to wait, you know, but such a, such a pleasant show.
1: So. Yeah. No, that just really, if you, if you want to be in a good mood, you can watch that show. Yes, exactly. So,
0: anyway um what are we what are we watching today joe is your pick
1: it was today we're watching Bowfinger. The um reason why i picked it is because i haven't seen this movie since the old cable box <laughs> days when you would only get one hbo and one cinemax channel but i remember loving it uh so i bought the blu-ray a few years ago when it was a best buy exclusive i'm not sure if it still is it might be it might not be but i never opened it for whatever reason i never watched it um but in the past, when it when I did have the old cable box, I also had the VHS, which I I show my all my friends it whenever they came over. And like it was like it was like my version of I don't know Star Wars back then for me. Like I would show everyone this movie, yeah. and they oh, I remember them all liking it. Thankfully, but the last time I watched this was the VHS tape, so I haven't seen it. God knows how long. So I was super excited to revisit this.
0: Yeah, I um I. So, I mean, we'll get into what what we thought like our last memory of it a little bit, but I I didn't really know. I hadn't seen this. So, I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, but I hadn't seen this. So, we'll get it like I said, we can we can talk about first. You know, we can just get into it now. So, my my memory of this movie is that I am a huge Eddie Murphy fan and I'm also a Steve Martin fan, and I think the reason I never saw this is this movie looked like the beginning of the kind of like the downward slope of two legends careers to me it, it like you know just because like i love look we were talking about before we started recording beverly hills cop and coming to america and all sorts of so i i think i just never saw it because i was like ah oh, that's sad but i uh i was i will get into that later but i was i was pleasantly surprised so I was good to hear, um, All right. yeah so as far as stats, how, how what were you gonna say?
1: No, I was, I was gonna, I was just gonna ask. uh this what this came out ninety nine. Was that the Freddie Murphy's career? I know we're gonna go going this. Was this was this as like like the dip almost where like his career started dipping a little bit? I can't remember like when his career started taking a turn.
0: Yeah, no, this isn't. Uh, this is ninety nine. I mean, I guess it depends on how you view other movies, but he was kind of into the dip at this point with the ninety professor and Doctor Doolittle. Um. So this was definitely not, you know, the 80s with right. 48 hours and trading places and Beverly Hills Cop and coming to America and, right yeah uh, you know, all that. So, um, but yeah, like I said, we'll get into what we thought of it, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised. So financially,
1: so financially, so we, like Eric just said, this movie came out in 1999 on August 13th and it had a budget of 55 million, making 98.6 million in the box office. It was written by the great Steve Marlin, who we talked about, and directed by the great Frank Oz, who was, who, for people who don't know, he was very very involved with the Muppets, and he directed all the, most of the Muppets films. He was like a puppet master. And he also did a lot of great movies, too, like that one about Bob. Kind of touching upon what you were talking about for my first memory is, I'll keep it brief, it is this VHS tape. Whenever I see this movie, the poster board, I always see that VHS tape in my head. I don't know why, I still have that tape somewhere in my collection, but other than that, two scenes have always stuck with me, and thankfully they are still my favorite scenes, so we'll talk about that in a little bit.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, um, so like Joe said, it came out in August of 99. Um, some other world events that came or that happened in August of 99, uh, The Sixth Sense came out August 2nd with Bruce Willis, Tony uh, Collette, Haley Joel Osment. Funny story about The Sixth Sense and me, my friend Matt and I, uh, so 99. So I would have been 14. <laughs> yeah. I would have recently turned 14 at this time. And I went over to my buddy Matt's house and we were like, I think we had plans to hang out with his girlfriend at the time and my now wife. And that fell through because of like 14 year old reasons we probably did have a ride or something. And, uh, so we ended up watching the sixth sense, um, at, at his house it was just us and I will be honest to say it scared the living shit out of me and we were both like we talk about it every once in a while like how embarrassing it is like to just think of like the two of us sitting on a couch like and we were like both we were scared out of our minds but we were like trying to pretend like we weren't scared out of our minds so and that's not even that scary of a movie but um, I don't Joe knows I don't like scary movies so I know
1: that those- that, was that it's one of these days i'm gonna pick a scary film well wait till october comes we're gonna be ditching out some uh some horror films sorry Eric. i'm gonna go on vacation in october. <laughs> I, I that's fine the sixth sense was actually my father we talked about i think a couple episodes ago remember <laughs> the rush episode when we uh talking about duties and like when they first came out the first my father was just like you're dead when he bought the player he thought like it was a great mm-hmm. number and the DVD he bought with it was The Sixth cents. So that was yep. our, that was our <laughs> first DVD that went along with <laughs> our DVD player.
0: Nice. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a one. good one, thankfully. Um, other things that happened. August 5th, Mark McGuire becomes only the 16th Major League Baseball player to hit the 500 home run milestone. Tony Gwynn, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, goes four for five and collects his 3,000th MLB hit. Um, Tony Gwynn gets – I mean, baseball—like real baseball fans know Tony Wynn, but he is—and unfortunately, he passed away. But he gets nowhere near the love that he should get, and, and the recognition that he should get. He's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Um, other than that, I oh, Shakira records her first live album in New York City. That's good. Good for you, Shakira. I know. Other than that, a lot of uh, a lot of earthquakes and uh, other sports stuff. That's a little bit too. Um, I don't know.
1: Not not but, well known to. I was, gonna, I was say, Mark McGuire has made a couple of appearances on our podcast lately. Yes, Mark McGuire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ninety-eight, ninety-nine was a good time for McGuire. Would you want to talk about? So, the um the ESPN. Did you watch the ESPN special that they did on um the McGuire? So it's a home run
1: chase. What, what was it 30 for thirty, or was yeah. it? Yeah, I, yeah. It I, I, like I didn't. I didn't see that. So no.
0: So. I don't know how to, I don't know. I go back and forth on this because they, so they did the whole special and they made like one mention of, of steroids at all. So like, I kind of get it because that whole thing did bring people back to baseball. So I guess the way I feel about it, my problem with it is you should either do an expose documentary on steroids or at least dedicate more time to it. Or you should not mention it at all and just do like saving of the game, blah, blah, blah. I kind of felt like they had one foot in, one foot out. But anyway, yeah, yeah Mark Mark is uh, – the only person mentioned more than Mark McGuire on this podcast is Heather Graham. And we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. So um, you have the back of the DVD summary. Oh, uh, real quick. So you went over the money yes. aspect of it. How it was received kind of critically 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I feel like that's about what I would have expected. I, I think I would have expected a little bit in between both. I would have expected it to be higher than 6.4 on IMDb, but lo- the 81 on Rotten Tomatoes was kind of surprising to me.
1: Yeah, and like yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes too, what we're not used to seeing because we look revisit all these films is this has over 100 reviews. So this is a right. pretty like this is, we, the past movies that we've looked at have like maybe 30 reviews or 20 reviews. This has 100 reviews, which is pretty good at maintaining that 81%. Right, right. So, back of the DVD. How does Bobby Bowfinger, Hollywood's least successful director, get Kit Ramsey, Hollywood's biggest star, in his ultra-low-budget film? Any way he can. With an ingenious scheme and the help of Kit's eager and nerdy brother, Jif, an ambitious and sexy wannabe, and an over-the-hill diva, Bowfinger sets out to trick Kit Ramsey into the performance of a lifetime. Enjoy the fun with Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin together for the first time in the hit comedy, Bowfinger.
0: Right. So, and we already talked about um, what our first memory of it was. Um, as far as how people were doing going into that movie, you kind of talked about Eddie Murphy and where it was on his art. Um, Steve Martin, 80s are great Steve Martin. Um, All of Me in 84, Little Shop of Horrors, Three Amigos uh, in 86, Roxanne and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in 87, Dirty, Rotten Scoundrels in 88, Father of the Bride in 91. So, but then he had cooled off a little bit, um, as far as film goes, at least. By '99, um, Eddie Murphy, like I said earlier, one of my all-time favorites. Um, he had he had fallen from his high point as well. Uh, '80s, we, we said he had 48 Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, Harley, uh, Harlem Nights. The '90s, you know, he had. I think he had. I think Beverly Hills Cop three. I don't have this in front of me, but that might have been technically like early nineties, but uh, he had Nutty Professor. He had this film, Dr. Doolittle and some other ones, but he, he wasn't at his peak. Heather Graham. We are officially the Heather Graham fan club podcast. Heather was killing it. Swingers in 96, Boogie Nights and Scream 2 in 97, Austin Powers and this in 99. So 99 might've been like the peak of Heather Graham's career. So uh, those are the three, the three major ones. I don't have her, um, her whole filmography in front of me. But uh, one person that I really liked was uh, Christine Baranski. She played the, I mean, she's been in a million things, but she played like the, the Hollywood, like the super dramatic. Right. The over the hill diva has
1: a DVD cover, read
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she was great in this. She was kind of annoying, but she, she was, she was great too. So. And it's
1: um, nice to talking about like Eddie Murphy's like downfall. It's nice to make like a little bit of a comeback lately. He's like, getting back in movies and he's back in snl he's like he's slowly slowly making that comeback
0: <clears throat> yeah and and it's not even like i never know what to say about stuff like that because it's easy for me to say like but especially if you're eddie murphy and you're not you know eddie murphy's not trying to go down as
1: marlon brando or the best actor in the world right because he also doesn't want to go down as mel gibson either who's pretty much taken any role lately or you know right
0: but but at the same time like even Mel Gibson, like Mel Gibson, I have a problem with because he seems like a very shitty person. Well, he's but, a shitty
1: person, right? But like but, acting wise, though, his just him, like him, John Travolta, like all of these actors who are once huge stars <laughs> just take any role lately.
0: John Travolta, I would agree with. I think Mel Gibson is
1: A better director.
0: <laughs> I think he's an overrated actor. I don't. Oh, I'm not he saying did. he's a bad
1: actor. Oh no, definitely, he's a better director. If he just directed movies for the rest of his career, I'd be okay with that.
0: Right so but Eddie Murphy or guys like Eddie Murphy it's it's different in sports for me particularly like contact sports like i get sad when professional athletes hold on too long because you really see they're doing the same it's the same thing and you're doing a poor job of it but if you're it's easy for me to say Eddie Murphy should pick better roles or Mel Gibson should pick better roles but if someone walks up to you with a piece of paper and they're like hey do you want to do grown up 17 it'll pay you five million dollars like you know i guess they take the money so right and that's why i like
1: this movie so much is because i'm not used to seeing this version of eddie murphy as jiff so it's like it's nice seeing like this like that's why like this is probably my one of my favorite murphy performances
0: yeah do you want to give somebody you have some random facts some
1: oh yeah so uh scene stuff the quote i said in the beginning um you're doing great you're gonna be a star that was actually improvised by murphy himself in the scene when heather graham moves her top and that might be one of the funniest lines of the movie in my opinion, so yeah his so great informational skills for Murphy were top notch
0: and and that's I agree with you that I really like seeing Eddie Murphy playing that sort of role because he's usually like a fast talking smooth talking like city guy and whatever so him playing an awkward nerd. like <laughs> nerd yeah it was 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 good um i I had written down the company could only get, they could only get Eddie Murphy for a brief, do you have this? They, they could only get him for six weeks um, to shoot his role in the movie. He was in between shooting Life and Nutty Professor 2. That's
1: the only you <go. laughs> uh, Yeah.
0: And he, and he just had a brief time to schedule the work, the project, but he became interested in the movie when he heard he'd be working with Steve Martin. He's a huge fan of Steve Martin. Um, and uh, when Murphy sat down with Martin and director Frank Oz, the first thing he said, was that Kit Ramsey should be a black action superstar. Oz then asked if he meant he was making the film, and Murphy said yes. Martin later joked that Eddie's audition was very good. So he pretty much, you know, he just wanted to do it because of Steve Martin, or that was a huge, huge part of it. So
1: Those two were like, they really are comedy legends. So yeah. just like the DVD said, the fact that this was their first performance together, it's, just, it's crazy <laughs> that they went that long without being on anything together.
0: yeah. Um, I think you have a couple more. The last one I have is that the famous, or kind of, I guess you can't really say it's famous because it's not that well-known of a film, but the scene where uh, Eddie Murphy has to run across the LA freeway um, like a few times, for take after take, uh, the LA freeway is shut down for two days for the sequence where Jeff runs across that. So that made me think of like how much, we've actually, where we live, there's kind of been like a resurgence of there's been a, a decent amount of films that have been shot nearby recently, but that must just be a way of life in LA and it must be so frustrating because LA traffic is from what I hear is horrible anyway. And imagine if you drove on that freeway to work every day and you know, one day you get up to go to work and it takes you nine hours and and you find out that the reason was that they were having Eddie Murphy run across
1: the freeway. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> how do you plan a day around that?
0: <laughs> right all right but sorry go ahead
1: you had a couple more facts i did so gary coleman worked on the set oh, as, yeah. a, as a security guard which like we were just talking about i hope that's true because <laughs> yeah i have so picturing many questions coleman, just picturing coleman's security guards is perfect i also mentioned this at one point as well with another movie but in the film kit ramsey's house and the same residence is actually wayne manor from the 66 batman series Oh! Then we, we mentioned another movie was yeah. also in the in the movies this time. But I think another movie we talked about recently was yeah. So, what yeah. movie was it? I can't remember now. But I, I think it, it wasn't. Yeah. I... Oh yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And then finally, which I thought was also pretty interesting was <laughs> this idea was based on an actual incident that happened in 1927 when our Russian filmmaker shot footage of another actor, basically, without even letting them know. So <laughs> the fact that this is a that really happened. It's crazy. Really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that, that, that I didn't know for sure. And
1: huh? yeah, right. So like, it'd just be extra work, having them like, instead of just trying to talk to them and, you know, convincing them gonna getting another actor, going through all the extra work and following them around with the camera to do like this footage that you are not planning for.
0: And, and it makes you sometimes you, sometimes you wonder like why certain laws are the way they are. And you're like, yeah, but who would ever try to, why do you have, like, who would ever do that? Who would ever think that they could do that? Apparently someone in Russia, Russia's a crazy place, man. Russia's
1: crazy, man.
0: I, <laughs> anytime I see a video on the internet of like something that's totally looks like it would never happen on planet earth. I'm like, it's gotta be, it's, it's Russia or Florida. I was just to <laughs> say it's honestly. <awesome. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those two places, not, uh, I don't want to live there. No offense <laughs> to either, you know, Russians or Floridians, but. Um, do you have anything written down for for things that <clears throat> wouldn't fly if the film was made today, not in this millennium type stuff? So I have a couple.
1: I'm gonna start off, I'm I'm gonna have you take over. I just thought it was crazy relevant. This thing with Eddie Murphy and the Lakers girls, you know, you know, talking about how he is these it's it's an unfortunate to say, but like with everything happening in the recent years with everyone coming out of the industry, like all the corruption and the rape and the mm-hmm. abuse and all that, it was really it, my jaw dropped seeing it happen like obviously it's a different time but seeing how much it's that with the Me Too movement how much it, how relevant it is today I was just like man like it was my jaw dropped in that one sequence I was like this is this is hard to watch almost, now
0: it made me think that like people must have like they if I saw this in 98 I'd be like oh ha 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 that's funny but now seeing it it makes you think that like you know I'm not saying anything but that people who wrote that bit knew that that actually happens like right because when you see it, if i saw it in 98 i would have been like so like blissfully oblivious that i i would have been like oh that's so crazy that would never happen so i can can laugh at it but now that there's been like 15 celebrities <laughs> that, right. every out, day is a new one like, like
1: oh and like the truly is laughing i'm like trying kind of like to make the joke funny i'm still like Ooh, like this is hard <laughs> like, right This is hard
0: right no i had that i had that the ones that i had written down were that um again something that's you know with it with the current times um and i this didn't offend me at all i thought it was funny partially because of who it's coming from i don't think steve martin had any you know bad intentions but getting the crew from mexico where oh he's God. like they,
1: they were like they became so funny like i mean i wrote about them after like their their development becoming like these professional cinematographers at the end just the funniest thing ever so yeah
0: yeah I know so that didn't that didn't bother me I don't and I think today people would be able to laugh at that well actually probably not like right now but just because of the you know but uh, and then the last thing I had was uh, Heather Graham kind of selling herself out to improve her role in the film I think whatever girl if you made this film today whatever girl played that role would catch some catch some flack for, like, are you, you know, are you minimizing the, you know, blah, 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 so. So, favorite scene. What was your favorite scene?
1: I talked about this a little bit with the first memories, because it's all I remember going into this film, and, like I said, they are still my two favorite scenes. When Kit's brother is running across the highway, which is my background right now, as I'm feeling this Eric, uh, thinking they're all sun drivers, and he gets to the other side, and he's, he's just relieved to actually make it and survive, and... He's just so happy to get the offer to run errands, to get, go to Starbucks to get coffee. He's just like, he's, this is what he wants to do. He wants to be an errand boy. Like, this is what he signed up for. And yep. then, Steve Martin just tells him, that's great, like, you're, you're the guy for this, but we need to film this scene one more time. You see the cut of him, running her to read one more time, just saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my yeah. God, he's dodging traffic. I love that scene. And then finally, the last scene in the movie, Fake First Ninjas is something I always found hilarious and i love seeing the day laborers become these great photographers as we just mentioned knowing like you know they, they know the lens to choose they know um the angle to, to you know to move around As they they're willing the camera back and forth as he's kind of moving across the landscape but the and the budget for this film is just like every funny old 80s cheesy cry yes. film where it's just like purposely just looks like crap the the punching from like a foot away and like the yeah, reaction is just like it's just so good
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Steve yeah.
1: Martin like like his age he's in the he's in, he makes an appearance in the last scene and when they're trying to jump like you would think they're gonna jump off like the ledge and, you know fight the other ninjas instead they're climbing down slowly because they're so old so it's like everything about that last sequence is just perfect to like what, it's what they've just like established themselves as like they're not great filmmakers but yeah um,
0: that whole thing was funny to me the stepping down thing because it not to Get into political stuff But In the news lately There's been so much talk about Did you see the whole Donald Trump Walking down the ramp thing
1: Oh like a slant He just couldn't Yeah
0: Yeah And it took him like 45 seconds to walk down There wasn't even stairs It was a ramp It was a ramp You needed
1: help Yeah I saw.
0: Right and And not that you wish I don't wish Bad health on anyone But it's particularly funny when someone he th- his whole thing has been like oh Joe Biden's so old and, and blah 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 and again not getting into politics but then when it takes you, it's not a good look when you talk all that trash and then it takes you
1: You're holding three minutes holding a cup of water with two hands right
0: <laughs> right so my favorite scene was actually um, and this is good especially where I, like I said I hadn't seen this movie yet and <clears throat> I thought I was going to like it um, but I wasn't sure. I honestly love the opening scene where he discovers the script. Um, they have that song. I had to look it up. Uh, There's always one more time playing in the background. And Steve Martin thinks that he's finally found like his ticket, which only becomes more ridiculous. Like when they, you start figuring out what, the, what, the, what like, the script that he saw and thought, this is it. But Chubby I right? love the, the dream chasing. Cause that's something I think I've mentioned this before, but that's so not my personality. But anytime there's a thing where someone's like, you know, he's Steve Martin's not a young guy, even in 98. So just the thought of someone being at his age and, you know, spending all this time trying to chase down a dream and he sees this and he's like, this is it. This is my ticket. I really, I really enjoyed that opening scene and it kind of got me into the movie. I was like, all right, like I, I, like I said, I thought I was going to enjoy it, but the opening scene made me really, you know, buy in, put, put your phone down, pay attention.
1: I love him trying to sell that script to his, uh, to his team. And yeah. he just, and then gotcha suckers. And like, and like, he's like, I can picture that right now. He's like, I can picture it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I'll
1: see what the Oscars. <laughs>
0: right. Um, so I so I mentioned there is always one more time. Do you have any other thoughts on the soundtrack?
1: Just like you said, David Newman did it. And it's mostly lyrical songs and licensed music. And it was all great. Spring Kung Fu Fighting and what you mentioned then, um, Oh, I forgot. Someone was playing when he's in the van to with the original meeting in the beginning. But love good love good licensed tracks though. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, if you could change one thing, what would you change?
1: Other than Steve Martin's point in the beginning, probably uh, I want more of Jeff Ramsey. He okay. was without a doubt the best part of the film. So Eddie Murphy plays both Jeff Ramsey and Kit Ramsey. Yeah, and. Giff's character, like we talked about in the beginning, it's just so funny seeing Eddie Murphy play this role where he's this nerdy, he's awkward, he blushes when he gets told yes, so he might show his butt in a scene, and like he's just talking too far off topic here. But I love when it's during his interview when he's getting interviewed for the casting for the role. Do you like do you have any experience with films? He's like I go blockbuster all the time. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. But I really wish it was more of his character because he came in about a half hour maybe before minutes missed into the film. Yeah, Every scene Jeff was in was just funny. It was he was consistently funny throughout.
0: Mine mine kind of ties into that a little bit. I would have liked it better if so we're to believe that Jeff Ramsey just shows up at this casting call and they they find someone identical to the the star that they're trying to like, I would have liked it more if there was, um, if like either Steve Martin, you know, looked at a, like saw some newspaper article that he had a twin brother and then he like went and hunted him down and convinced him to do it. There, There, that was a little bit of like a hole in the plot to me that this guy just happened to walk into a, a, Casting call that looks identical to the one celebrity that you're trying to cost, and that no one says to him, like, "Do you know who this guy?" Or that at least Steve Martin doesn't say to him, like, "You know who this guy is?" And
1: whatever right, since he says, he looks like he was like, "This is great! Like, you should be lucky. This is a lucky thing. He looked like him." Right. But that was right. I would
0: have. Yeah, I would have liked it better if, if like, he saw somewhere that he that, Kid Ramsey had a twin brother. And then he went and he found him working at like a Blockbuster or a McDonald's, and then he convinced him to do it, you know, in some other way. Yeah, um, that would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been a, a good scene to see, but it, it would have also just, I was watching the movie, I was like, wait, what? Because then you don't even find out that he's his brother.
1: Right. It's, it drops bit. that so subtly, too. Like later on, like three quarters of the way through, just drops that little bomb, and everyone's like, what the hell? Right.
0: Right. So that was it, But I, but that's just like a, you know, didn't, didn't ruin the movie for me by any, by any means. No, that's, so. a, that's a good
1: point. Though. That, would be, that would be fine. i tracking him down at Blockbuster. Yeah, it would have been
0: funny. It would have been a great scene to see Steve Martin trying to convince him and it would have just made more sense. <laughs> yeah, it would a lot more logical. Line. Um, so, rating. Um, if you've listened before, you know the whole, the whole deal. Um, we rate things on a scale of one to five. Would you be willing to pay a late fee? Um, score of one is you rent the movie. You probably get half hour into it. You drop it back. You drive back to the video rental store that doesn't exist anymore. Drop in the Dropbox and return it because you don't want to pay L. a fee on it. You don't even want to finish it up to a five where, you know, you love the movie. You're going to keep it an extra day or two or three, maybe even, but just buy the, the movie from the store. Um, Joe picked it. So I, do I believe I go first? All right. So this movie is totally ridiculous. The plot is ridiculous. Eddie Murphy's over the top. It wasn't the best movie we have ever seen, but I enjoyed it. I love Steve Martin. Um, and I think that part of the reason this movie didn't, you have to have a lot of Steve Martin's humor is, is very much his thing. And it's like a niche thing that I like. I think him and another person I think of that has a similar sense of humor is Martin Short. And this felt like a movie that was made in the 60s or something. Like some of the, the Steve Martin comedy. Is very old, and I mean that in a good way. But you don't, but if you don't have that, if you don't get that, you're not gonna love it as much. I was actually surprised that you recommended it to a bunch of people and they liked it. That's awesome because I could think of me trying to convince most of my friends to see this movie, and that they, they if, if I could get them to watch it, they'd be like, I'm not that into this movie. But I, I liked it. Like I said, I love Steve Martin, love Eddie Murphy. Thought Heather Graham was excellent again, Heather Graham killing yes. it. She was so from in the 90s. Yeah, she was. So for me, this is a solid movie. I gave it a three out of five.
1: Okay, all right. What about you? Yeah, I also gave it a three. For a brief moment, I fluctuated between a three to three point five, but I ended up just selling on a three. And it's not bad. Three is not bad at all. It's, it's a really enjoyable film. All and right, it, was, it is just like like you said, like it's a fun film. You go into this just kind of like turning your brain off and watching a fun movie. About making a movie, so it's like right. it really is a film for I think movie lovers, and, yeah. and like watching the scenes like with them like trying to figure out the budgeting and like him's like allowance that he's collect over the years like it's just funny seeing like an indie filmmaker trying to make it. But it's but Eddie Murphy's performance as Jeff is probably one of my favorite Murphy performances. I he is so funny. and I wish there was more of him in this. Even Eddie Murphy is the action star with the alien subplot and like things being like, taking over. Like that was all really funny too. Steve Martin was great in it. I think it's a movie that I liked back then and I still appreciate now. Thankfully, I think a little more. So now that I understand like the movie business a little bit more like how it works. So it's kind of, it was fun revisiting this film.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Casting wise. I think that I wouldn't change anything. Um, but I think that if they cast someone other than Steve Martin and wrote the script more to that person's style of comedy, the movie would have probably done better commercially, but I wouldn't have liked it as much. Cause again, I think Steve Martin has like a, his own sense of humor and he pulls that off very well, better than probably anyone if you're into it. But like I said, some people just don't, that's not their, their brand, but I, but I love it. So, this, is,
1: this might be the first time we've, we've had the same score. Is,
0: I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but it's definitely not common.
1: This is exciting. I thought,
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so the beer, again, if you are anywhere that can get this, particularly in the New England area, especially in the summer, Flume Double IPA from Battery Steel in, in Portland, Maine. I think it's in Portland, Maine. It's near Portland, Maine. It might be Westbrook technically or something. I don't know. But um, so good, so refreshing. It's, it's awesome. So um, I
1: I'm I'm highly excited. recommend it. I'm excited to ask where your next movie is now. <laughs>
0: So, well, you know what my next movie I is. Do. So.
1: I do. I'm excited about this. So no one so, no, one's gonna, no one's gonna make a suggestion this week because we're gonna we're cutting off the suggestions for the next two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, p- please, please send suggestions. But I'm I'm gonna skip the whole bit about how you're gonna cut to the front of the line. I'm just gonna be honest with you. The next two mov- movies are are set in stone. So, um, this early July on July 3rd, 1985, two or one amazing thing happened, and one extremely mediocre thing happened the mediocre thing that happened was that i was born july 3rd 1985 another thing that happened was that my favorite movie of all time back to the future came out so they were coming up on the 35th year 35 year anniversary so that's going to be my next pick back to the future yeah i like i said my favorite movie of all time i still watch it yeah, I probably watch that movie, no joke, like start to finish. Especially now that it's on Netflix, six times a year. I yeah, swear no, to God, we're, like
1: we're gonna be going into this, and like I, people can assume we're gonna give it. I think, but it's a perfect film. It's one of the few perfect films, I think. The whole the whole trilogy might be the only <laughs> trilogy that's consistently has. I I would think the most consistent plot. Every, every no people like different movies. Like people choose certain movies over others, but they all have their own fan base and it's incredible like how they've all held up to.
0: Yes. So one of the greatest films of all time, in my opinion, my personal favorite film of all time, I have my top two films ironed out and this is one of them. Um, So I'm super excited. So we'll be back next episode with back to the future one. Thank you guys very much for, for listening and we'll be back soon and, Yeah, thanks a lot.
1: As always, thank
0: you guys.